Welcome to Beautifully Organized, the podcast that shares tips, tools, and hacks that make life easier for busy mothers. Welcome back, everybody, to episode two of season two of Beautifully Organized. I hope you've had a fantastic week. I've had a lot of fun this week, um, and it's been really nice to chat with you guys about the podcast returning and about what you'd like to see going forward on the podcast. If you have any tips or questions or anything that you want to talk about on the podcast with us, make sure you send us an email to marissa at beautifullyorganized.com because we are happy to talk about anything and everything related to making your life easier as a mum. So coming up in today's episode, we have three things that are going to make life a little bit easier for you. We'll be talking about how to speed clean your bathroom, how to declutter sentimental items, and I'm going to share what's currently working in our house with getting the kids to help keep it clean and tidy around the home. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of Beautifully Organized is brought to you by the Ultimate Productivity Bundle. Master your to-do list, reach your goals, and free up more time for yourself with the best ebooks and online courses in the world of successful time management. If you need help setting goals and priorities so you can use your time more wisely, creating productive routines so you don't fall behind, working through tasks without getting sidetracked or procrastinating, or even just finding the energy to be productive throughout the day instead of burning out, these resources are perfect for you. It's practical help that'll make your life more joyful and less stressful no matter how busy you are. Valued at over $1,500, this collection is available to you for just $49.97. Find out more about the Ultimate Productivity Bundle by clicking the link in today's show notes or heading to beautifullyorganized.com. Let's talk about one of the grossest jobs you can do as a mother, cleaning the bathroom. Now I know even when you're single, cleaning the bathroom is not a fun job. But let's be honest, when you're a parent, it's really gross because you're cleaning up after other people as well and it's all bodily function stuff that you're cleaning. And I know I sound really childish saying that, but yuck. Anyway, when I'm cleaning my bathroom, because of the yuck factor, I like to make it as smooth and as simple as possible so that I don't put off cleaning the bathroom, which we all know only makes it worse. And I don't dread cleaning the bathroom either. So I'm going to share with you three different tips that I use to keep my bathroom clean the easy way, and I hope that they help you too. Tip number one is to keep the surfaces in my bathroom as clear as possible so that when it's time to spray and wipe, I'm not spending lots of time moving knickknacks and bottles and things and wiping them down before I even get a chance to do any other surfaces. So in my bathroom at home, we have toothbrushes and toothpaste on the countertop, and that's it. Any candles or bottles or fancy soaps or anything like that, we keep them in cupboards and just get them out when we need them. And that way, they're not getting dust settling on them, and it's not adding to things that I need to clean. Tip number two is to streamline your cleaning products. So when I clean the bathroom, I think in terms of spraying and wiping. For spraying, I use the same 
spray and wipe mix that I use for the rest of the house. It's just one part water, one part white vinegar, and then a big squeeze of dishwashing liquid all in a spray bottle. Um, I give it a little mix and then I use that as my spray and wipe and it works really well. So that takes care of all the surfaces in my bathroom, but inside the toilet bowl, I still use your traditional toilet cleaner and the toilet brush for that. So spraying is covered. Now for the wiping, we use a reusable cloth to wipe down the surfaces in our bathroom. Um, everything but the toilet. So um, sink, countertop, bathtub, shower. I use the same cloth for that. And then for the toilet, for the wiping part, I use toilet paper to wipe down the toilet surfaces. And then the toilet brush for inside. I just have a bit of a block when it comes to using a reusable cloth on the toilet. It just seems to be a thing with me. I know I wash the cloth after I clean the bathroom, but yeah, I don't know. It's still a thing. So toilet paper works. All right. So what we do for tip number three is to work the same pattern every time you clean. That way the cleaning gets easier, easier every time, and it won't be long before it's kind of on autopilot and you barely even have to think when you're doing it. So if I'm talking about my bathroom, here's my basic pattern that I follow. I always clean my bathroom right before I'm about to have my shower. Now, I don't need to clean my bathroom before every shower. It's generally a pretty clean bathroom. But if I'm cleaning my bathroom from top to toe that day, I will leave it until the end of the day, which is when I have my shower. Now, for the actual routine, I start by putting away anything that's out. If the kids have left anything out, I put them away. Uh, and then I take out the rubbish and replace the rubbish bag in the bathroom. And then I spray the surfaces with my homemade spray. So countertop, bathroom sink, bathtub, shower, and I spray it liberally. And then once I've stopped spraying, I take the toilet cleaner and I put that inside the toilet bowl. Then I take the toilet brush and I stick that inside the toilet bowl with the handle sticking up and I let it sit there while I'm doing the wiping of everything else. So I just, you know, at that point I just give my hands a quick wash and then I grab the cloth and I wipe down the mirror first, then the bathroom sink and counter, then the bathtub. And then I take the cloth and I put it in the shower because when I have a shower, that's when I'm going to do the shower. So I use the same cloth. For the toilet, I use toilet paper to wipe down the surfaces. And then I use the toilet brush inside. And then I pop the toilet paper into the toilet and I flush it away. And then the toilet is clean. It sounds so glamorous talking about it, doesn't it? <laughs> but that's it. Then it's easy. Then I just take a shower, clean the inside of the shower while I'm in there, and my bathroom is done. The only other thing I have to do is the floor, and on the way out of the bathroom, I just give it a once-over with my spray mop, and then done. You could even do your floors before you hop in the shower, and then the rest of the floor is dry while you're in the shower. So hmm, maybe I'll give that a try too. But you see what I mean about following a pattern? There's a particular rhythm that goes with that, and it only takes five minutes to do everything before the shower and then five minutes to do the shower while I'm in there and then I'm done. It's so easy. If you have a question about simplifying life as a busy mom, getting more organized in your day-to-day -day life or finding easier ways to keep on top of the housework and any other commitments you have as a parent, we'd like to hear from you. Send us an email to marissa at beautifullyorganized.com with any question or help that you need and we will cover it on one of our episodes. Remember when you're emailing marissa at beautifullyorganized.com to use organized with an S instead of a Z because that's how we spell it here in Australia.
Our quick tip today is for anybody who is struggling to declutter sentimental items in their home. This is a tricky one because when you're talking about sentimental items or things that have been handed down from family members or other generations, there's a lot of emotion that goes along with it, so it's really not easy. You might be attached to an item because of the memory it holds, or you might feel a sense of responsibility to your family to keep these items, but if your home isn't big enough to really showcase them, to shine a spotlight on them, or even for you to be able to take really good care of them or use them, then it creates more stress and guilt rather than provides you with happy memories. So it's really important to make a decision on whether or not it's realistic for you to keep all of your sentimental items. You don't necessarily have to keep everything, even if you feel like you should. To balance things out, I use a few different tips. I like to remind myself that it's more about the memory or the story of that part of somebody's life than it is about the actual thing. I can still tell the story or enjoy the memory without the item, or I can choose to keep some things but not others to get the same feeling and the same benefit. A lot of the time when we're handed down things, it's things in a big group like a whole set of crockery or cutlery or glassware. And these days we don't have a lot of storage space for those sorts of things and people tend to buy their own crockery and cutlery and glassware. So there's not extra room for additional types of these. So when it comes to this, one of the things I like to think of is, okay, so maybe I've been given some beautiful glassware from my family. I don't have space for the whole thing, but maybe I have space to keep, you know, a set of two glasses instead of a set of six or eight. Well, maybe I could offer that to somebody else in my family who does have the space to keep them all. Or maybe between, say, the four kids in my family, each of us could keep two out of a set of eight. In a lot of cases, other people in your family would like something sentimental themselves but don't necessarily want to take it from you because they think that that would hurt your feelings. But when you talk about these things openly, you'll often find that some people have certain memories attached to certain things and giving those things the right home makes all the difference when it comes to how you feel when you've got them with you. So just remember, if you're going to keep something sentimental in your home, you want to make sure it has a place that it belongs, one where you can access it easily if you want to make the most of it, put it away quickly and easily when you're not using it so that you can still take care of it. If you're putting something in a box in the back of your cupboard, then its purpose isn't to stay in your home because you don't have a chance to see it and use it and get those memories from it. So that's the time when it's more important to move it on so that it can be useful for somebody else. I hope that tip has helped you. If you have decluttered anything sentimental yourself lately and you have a tip to share, I'd love to hear about it over on the Beautifully Organized Mums Facebook page. You can click the link in the show notes or go to facebook.com slash beautifullyorganizedmums and share your tip. Less Mess, Less Stress and More Calm is a short and simple course for overwhelmed mothers. It'll get your home decluttered, organized and running smoothly in just seven days. 
Plus, it'll teach you how to organize the rest of your life too with simple, doable actions. Click the link in our show notes or head to beautifullyorganized.com to find out more. This next topic is a really fun one for me. We're going to talk about how to get the kids to help around the house. I know it can seem like a pipe dream, especially when they're younger, but when your kids hit that primary school age, it becomes so much easier to delegate jobs around the house. You're the mum, you're not the workhorse. You don't have to do everything for everyone all day. But you can't just sit back and expect kids to jump in and help out if they never have before. It's great if you were able to teach them as toddlers how to pitch in and help out around the house, but don't stress about it if you never got a chance to or didn't really think about it because we take our mum role very seriously and we get into a rhythm and we do things in a way that makes them work. So I completely understand what it's like if you didn't even think about delegating jobs to your kids until they're a little bit older. I'm going to share what's working for you in our house right now. Our kids are 10 and 8 and they're still a work in progress when it comes to keeping the house neat and tidy, but we're having a pretty good run at our house right now with the kids helping out. They tidy their bedrooms each evening, they take care of our guinea pig pepper, and they vacuum and dust one room in our house each day. So here's what we do to make this work pretty easily. First thing we do is we expect them to do it. We don't just ask, we expect it. It's just a regular part of the day, like brushing their teeth. So for my kids, every night after dinner is tidy up time, as in tidy up the lounge room and put your things away, tidy up your bedroom so that it's neat and tidy for bed. Once that's done, they have free time until lights out. So same time of the day, same job that we expect, and it's just part of the evening routine. Another thing we do is we make it really, really easy for them to remember exactly what they're doing and how to do it. So when my kids are helping with dusting and vacuuming, we have a list of days of the week on our fridge and each day has a room next to it. So Tuesday says lounge room, Wednesday says parents' bedroom and so on. So the girls just have to look at the fridge to know which room to dust and vacuum that day. One of them dusts, the other one vacuums and they swap jobs each day. So if somebody dusted today, they'll be dusting tomorrow. The next thing we do is we give an incentive. Pocket money works for a lot of families. Uh, Saving up and going on a family experience together works for families. Reward charts work really well. For us at the moment, an incentive that's working really well for kids at our age is the screen time. So the dusting and the vacuuming in our family is done in exchange for half an hour on the computer. We used to only let our kids go on the computer for half an hour a week. So this is a big jump for them to be able to have a half hour of screen time every day if they want it. And all they have to do is dust or vacuum a room to do it. So every family is different. You might want to experiment with the incentive in your house, but that one works for us right now. The last thing we do is we make sure that we step back and just let them do it. This was really hard for me at first because I like things done a certain way. I'm really focused on doing things efficiently and the right way. And yeah, I've got my ways that are my favorites and I expect good quality, (laughs) but I had to let that go a little bit. The good news is once I stepped back, my kids actually got a lot better at cleaning and at looking after our pets because all of a sudden they realized that 
I wasn't there to fix it and direct them and remind them anymore. So if it doesn't wasn't done correctly, then you know it's it's their responsibility that the pets are happy and safe, and it's their responsibility that the house is clean and tidy. And they don't want to lose that computer go. So they do the things that they need to do to a good standard, and I don't have to nag anymore. Well, I still have to nag on some things, but not on vacuuming, dusting, and tidying up the lounge room in their bedrooms. And as for the other things, we're working on that. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Beautifully Organized. Don't forget to grab your organizing freebie at beautifullyorganized.com. We have lots of prints and other resources for you to help make your day a little smoother. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and every other major podcast platform. If you have a question or a topic you'd like me to cover, let me know. Send your request to marissa at beautifullyorganized.com. And if you'd like to chat more about mum life and getting a little more organized and making your life easier, head to facebook.com slash beautifullyorganizedmums. See you next time.